The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Whoa, guns up, giddy up, it's night shift. Uh, it's uh, it's Halloween season, baby. So all the all the crazy shit is happening right now, and I apologize for being late tonight in the live chats. This is a live show. We are the Failure to Stop uh, podcast, where we have four shows a week. We are the number one show where police meet society and culture. We're sure not acting like that tonight. We're sure not acting like that tonight, but we're having technical difficulties. Andrea is at the house, and her laptop took a big giant deuce. Uh, hangman style. It was supposed to be a show all about executioners and her computer was straight up executed. So it's just going to be me tonight. And not only is it just me tonight, but I got to wing this whole damn show, which means I'm going to need a whole lot of help from our live chats and our live listeners. But that's what that's. I'm here for you. Could have canceled the show. I could have just said, you know what? I'm not doing it. I'm not going to get on here and embarrass myself for the next hour. But that's not how I treat our fans. It's not how I do it. The show must go on. The show always go on because this isn't about me. This isn't about my shame. This is about you and the people that I truly love. So I'm going to bring it, dude. I'm going to bring all the heat, all the thunder, all the fire. And uh, we'll just see what happens. Maybe this is the best show. Maybe this will be one of the best night shift episodes ever who knows what will happen tonight it's just me and you i've got nobody to supervise me how about that there is not one fucking person here to supervise me i can do whatever i want i can do whatever i want matter of fact before i even get started i'm just gonna i'm gonna crack this beer welding panzer says he wants to call in dude i'd call in but i don't even have a freaking producer today I don't even have a producer tonight. I couldn't even, I didn't even have time. I spent so much time trying to fix this computer that I didn't get on. I didn't get on with our uh, producer to let him know that we were having issues. I needed, uh, I needed his help, but I don't have it. Uh, But we are so happy to be here tonight. Tonight's show is brought to you by Ghostbed. Ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. And tonight we're talking all things execution, executioners, uh, and, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be a weird story only because the way it works on failure to stop night shift is that Andrea, the beautiful, the elegant Andrea Uplate always brings us all the murder and mayhem. And I simply just react to it. She brings us all the true crime, all the true crime updates, which man, there was a really good Dylan rounds update. I was excited about bringing that one to you, but I'm sure we'll do like a redo maybe this weekend or something. But normally Normally, she brings all the true crime, and I just react as a former police officer, as an expert in murder, I guess they would say. I'm not an expert. I am not an expert that it's only what people claim me to be. It's only what people have deemed me. It's not a, That is not a self-title that I've given myself. That's just what the lay folk call me. They call me an expert. <laughs> oh, God. If you're not annoyed yet, just hang on to your freaking bootstraps because it's about to get really Really weird tonight. We're going to talk about seven of history's most famous executioners. And lucky for me that I'm a dark, twisted soul and I've done true crime long enough that I think I can pull this one out of my ass because I know just just a little bit about some executioners. 
I don't know if I know seven of them, like Andrea wanted to cover tonight, but I think I know enough that I can cover like three, like really, really, really hard. I almost called Drew Breezy. Uh, I see Drew Breezy in the chats. I almost called him on to say, like, let's do this together, but he wasn't there. Um, <laughs> ben Marsh in the chats. I like to always, before we get into this, I've got to get my mind right. I've got to address the chats. We are a live show on the YouTubes if you're not following along. And there's a freaking, there's almost 100 people in this live chat. So uh, already, there's already 100, and Andrea's not even here. So uh, I don't want to leave you guys hanging. Ben Marsh says he watches Dexter, so he's a murder expert. Good for you. Good for Ben, I feel like, I don't feel like you would be very good at murder. You just seem, I've met you in real life. You're kind of a pussy. I just think that like maybe you could talk that game, but I think once it came down to it, I think you're just too kind of a soul. You're more of a, I want to save people more than you want to kill them. That's just, that's just me looking at you from 20,000 feet up. Micah McFowl, we are tansy, transy pack tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here for me. And look, the more you cheer me on, the more ridiculous this is going to get tonight because this is a show for you. Oh, damn, Transy, do better doing shots. You know what? Hold on. You just hold that right there. I'm going to do that. I'll do you one better. I'll go straight from the bottle tonight. Mm. That is rum. That is, that is not my rum. Mm, but that is rum. Mm, that is some good rum. All right. Let's dive into this. Murph 530 in the chat says, Transy, you need to show some nip. How about a nice smile? <laughs> are we going to do this tonight? Are we going to do this tonight, Davey? You guys are asking, uh, you're asking for the show. I feel like because Andrea's not here, I owe it to you. I owe you whatever it is that you want tonight. You don't even have to super chat it. Save your super chats. Uh, difficult to look at pictures. He wants to see some shoulder. We'll go ahead and start with this now. We'll get it all out of the way. What do you want to see? You want to see the shoulders? They're not very nice shoulders. I got a couple of tattoos on there, though. Um, but I am one shot deep. Let's go. Let's talk about executioners because, again, guys, this is still a podcast. People like, way more people listen to this show than watch it. Um, but I know that we are live tonight, and I do like to, uh, I like to put out. I like to put out. So I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to the live chats. Don't you worry. But for the listeners, for the guy that's sitting in the cop car, the first responder that's stuck up on night shift, that's trying not to fall asleep behind the church. I thought we've all been there, buddy. We've all been there. I used to rack out behind this church and we would get like six cop cars deep so we could watch each other's backs. And uh, we would do this about four o'clock in the morning. So you get about four to six cop cars deep. And some of these cop cars got two people in them. You know, some people have one just depends on like what you were doing. And the ones that were typing would stay awake and stay vigilant. And the ones not typing would either YouTube or for my sake, fall asleep. And we got off shift at 6 a.m. And one day I woke up at about 5.55 and I looked down the line of cars. There's probably six cop cars. Not one single cop was awake. The entire squad could have been executed behind the St. Bizba catholic church or episcopal church whatever that is over there all of us just massacred whole squad dead and then i everybody be like well how did they die well it was a, it was a real busy night and they fell asleep they, they fell right the fuck to sleep um i think it was a little bit 
think it was a little bit rainy out. So it was like that little pitter patter on the window that just makes you, ugh. and if you're sitting in your cop car right now, does that make you sleepy? The pitter patter. Yeah. Just, you know, like when it's like four in the morning and the rain's just pitter pattering on the window, your eyes are just getting super heavy. It's getting really, wake up, wake up. This is night shift, baby. Our job is to keep you awake. Let me take one more swig of this beer and we're going to dive into this show. It's going to be that kind of night tonight, guys, because I'm so unprepared for this show. It is unbelievable how, how, uh, how unprepared I am tonight. And this isn't the norm. If you're just tuning in for the first time, let me be the first to tell you that I'm embarrassed. I would never, ever, ever take my shirt off on a live show. I would never do it um, in real life. This is normally what we do here is we just stay extremely professional. I wear a hat and a nice shirt and we're very politically correct. We typically don't swear or cuss and we bring you a lot of information that you need to know. Not We don't really waste your time with a lot of banter and sarcasm. The show's a really good show. If you're a first-time listener, I promise you this show is a really good show. Have I lost weight? Sarah, close your eyes. You're too young to see this. But Will Cray, have I lost weight? I feel like I've lost I feel like I've lost weight. Davey wants to see full frontal nudity. Brother, You, it's like a grape smash between two apples. You would have to zoom so far in on that camera, you wouldn't even see it. But uh, this is the kind of guy I am. Blue Chew necessary. My Blue Chew did come in. We are sponsored by Blue Chew, not this particular show right now, but we are sponsored by Blue Chew. My Blue Chew did come in. I haven't used it yet. I haven't used it yet. You'll know when I've used it. If you follow us on Instagram at Failure to Stop Instagram or Eric Tanzi's official Eric Tanzi, if you follow me on the Instagrammies, you will see when I use that blue chew. The whole world will know. You will hear me from my bed chambers howling like a wolf, howling for the wolf pack, for all the wolf pack to hear before and after I expel myself. <laughs> Before and after. <laughs> Somebody says that they want me to pop one now. Get a tan, dude. Uh, you're right. I should. Don't um, don't shame me. Don't shame me. I'm vulnerable right now. I uh, I am so vulnerable, and I'm just putting myself out there for you right now. Just pouring myself out there for you. My wife's in the live chat right now. She just chimed in. Now I'm really embarrassed because this is more like an OnlyFans type thing. Uh. It's more of an elite, uh, an OnlyFans type of things. Well, let's start talking about what we came here to talk about tonight, and that is executioners and the seven most infamous, infamous executioners. I would like to know one is how do you become an executioner? Now, I'm going to put this out on Lasro Lopez. Lasro Lopez, if you will just do me one favor, buddy, if you'll go and research, just do 10 minutes worth of research for me on why somebody wants to become an executioner or why they wanted to become. And then I need you to break that down to me in about a five minute monologue. Call me when you're ready and I'll put you on speakerphone. I'll give you, I'll give you the air for five minutes to explain to us why somebody would want to become an executioner. And then I want, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, who, who's another one that would have my phone number already? We'll say difficult to look out pictures, difficult to look at pictures. I don't know if you're, uh, at work or not. If you're not at work, I want you to take 10 minutes 
And I want you to research how you become an executioner. And then I would like to give you the airways on my speakerphone for five minutes as well. Just hit me in the chats when you're ready. Actually, just say yes or no if you can do it. Just say yes or no if you can do it. And if you can do it, you'll have five minutes of fame. Because I will talk about executioners and the infamous ones. I have that. I just didn't do the research on why does one person want to become an executioner? And then how do you get that job? How do you apply to be an executioner? What's the background check like? I mean, I feel like it's got to be very liberal. Like, I mean, they can't, they can't like stick their nose up to too many things. It's like you can't be an overtly good human being to be an executioner. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like they'd be like, hey, have you ever, have you ever tried marijuana? Have you ever, have you ever tried marijuana? Yes. No, we can't. Uh-uh. We need somebody that's pure and holy to do the executions. And then if I was hiring an executioner, I think I would want them to have already killed somebody. So now how do we work that out in the interview? Have you ever committed a felony? I'm only talking about felonies not related to murder. If it's murder, we don't care. That's actually what we're looking for in this interview is a real stone cold killer. But is there any other, is there like any other shenanigans that we need to know about? You got any fraud, any sexual assaults, you know, anything crazy on your background aside from murder that we need to know about in this interview. <laughs> oh gosh, this is going to be so ridiculous. This is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so I just got to text that. Do I actually do any pre preparation for the show? Yes. Yes. Andrea Uplate is here typically. And she would be doing the entire show for me. And I would be reacting. Her computer crashed. She's gone for the night. It's done skis. She couldn't salvage the computer. And now I have been left. I have been left here to do the entire one hour show by myself. So, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Drew Brees wants to know how many lives have you saved? That'd be one of the questions. I don't care. I don't care how many lives you saved. I want to know about people's souls that you have taken. So anyway, if uh, Lazaro Lopez, you just, you go ahead and ring me in buddy. And when you're ready to do it, I will bring you on. Um, <laughs> all right. Jonathan Bates is already here. Jonathan, I will call you in just a second when I get there. Um, and I believe Jonathan, you're going to break down for us how you become an executioner, but let's go ahead and talk really quickly about one of my favorite and most infamous, uh, executioners. And his name was Franz Schmidt. And this is in 1555, uh, but he was born in 1555 and died in 1634. Um, but this guy wrote a diary. This guy wrote a diary. Uh, about his executions and he did an absolute metric fuck ton of executions. Uh, so this guy's, this guy's name is Franz. He was born. His father Heinrich was a woodsman and they went to watch the execution of Hoff in Germany. The regional Margaret Albrecht II pointed to Heinrich among the spectators and ordered him to come up and hang the three doomed men. So this kid, Franz's dad, went up and became, on the spot, a professional executioner. And his son followed in his footsteps when he hit the age of 18. And the first entry in Schmidt's Journal of Justice reads, June 5th, 1573, Lenart Rust of Syrian, a thief, 
executed with a rope at the city of Steinach was my first execution. He records an execution by breaking wheel in 1589. If you remember the show that we did a long time ago, and it was like the most terrible ways to be executed, you remember the breaking wheel. And the breaking wheel was a wheel. Like just picture like a wheel on a horse carriage with the spokes. Usually had like the five star shaped spokes. And they would string the person up. And where there was no spoke, that gap, that's what limb or or thing would be broken. It would be put in the wheel and the wheel would be turned in such a way that it would just snap whatever was in there. And so they would just break all your bones until you died. Um, but uh, he had a record of an execution by breaking wheel in 1589 of a man who had shot his father. On this account, he was led out in a wagon. His body nipped thrice with red hot tongs, which I don't know what that means. Uh, a polite way of describing the tearing off of flesh. So they were like removing pieces of his skin. Afterwards, he was executed with the wheel. Two of his limbs first shattered with it and finally exposed on it. No shit. Um, so this guy did lots of executions. What's more, what I like more about Franz is that because he did so many executions, that they actually went, he actually retired from doing it. He actually got to retire from it. And after he retired in 1617, he began a lucrative career as a medical consultant and subsequently received an imperial privilege by Ferdinand II, making him an Ehrlich, which is an honorable member of society, thus removing the stain of social stigma from his previous occupation of slaying dudes. Uh, but he was given a lavish funeral in 1634 in Nuremberg. By the way, this was he was a, an executor in Nuremberg. And he, he, you can go see his his grave today. And actually, I think that like there's still like some accounts of his diary that you can probably look up and and read. But um, he gave it. He after he got done executing people, he became a um, medical. He 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 gave medical advice to people after he got done. And so he had like fifteen thousand consultations under his belt. But uh, dude, could you imagine legally being empowered to torture? and kill people <sighs> do they say that being a professional executioner is one of the more evocative and charged symbols of pre-modern europe's otherness um man gosh so they used to use slaughterhouse workers and grave diggers would often get pulled or get voluntold to become an executioner so in the why, so I guess like sometimes maybe you just don't apply for it. Like maybe your dad just like this guy's dad, like Franz's dad just got thrust into it. And then he just kind of by birthright went forward and carried on in his father's footsteps. But I guess sometimes like if you're a slaughterhouse worker or a grave digger, they can pull you in. But you know, Meister Franz, uh, he was a, re a revered member of, of society and he was widely respected and, uh, he actually was known for his pity, yet his steadfastness, which I'm guessing you're going to have to be pretty steadfast if you're going to torture, maim, and kill somebody. Um, Schmidt's life in every aspect had been a great social success, although the, the, the shitty nature of his profession. Um, but he went on. I mean, so the, the diary, it still exists. Schmidt executed criminals by rope, sword, breaking wheel, burning them at the stake, and even drowned one person. No, he, he did twice. He had to drown two people. They were homosexuals 
They got caught for homosexual intercourse and they were sentenced to drowning. Wow. Nope. 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 He burned the homosexuals. The homosexuals died by burning at the stake. And uh, man, it would not be a good time to 1500 would not have been a good time to be a homosexual in Nuremberg. Uh, burning at the stake sounds terrible. And the two people that he drowned to death were women who committed infanticide, infant, infanticide, infanticide, abortion, post, post birth abortion. That's what we call it here in America, uh, in Virginia. I mean, Virginia would just be called an abortion, but, uh, in Nuremberg, it was called infanticide, which is where you kill your baby. But most of his, most of his executions were actually done by sword. So, uh, his, his journal is unique as a source of social history and history of the law. It, uh, according to the preface of modern edition libraries at Nuremberg and Bramberg owned as late as 1913, four handwritten copies were made. Um, so there you go. And the, the last one or the first one that was printed from the original was in 1801. So there you go. There you go. And that's all you need to know about Franz, the executioner. <laughs> um, I, I wonder why, like, why is it that, so if you inf- infanticide, infanticide, I don't know the words of that. Why does that, why does that get a drowning, but being gay does fire? So like, what if you just had a phobia of drowning and you're like, look, I mean, can you, can we, can we burn me? Can I, can I just be burned? I don't want to drown or can vice versa? Like, Hey, listen, uh, I don't really want to be burned at the stake. But I heard those chicks that murder their babies, they got the drowning thing. Can I get that? Um, it looks like Andrea is saying that it's going to work. Let's see. She just got married. We might be saved. Oh, wait, no. I don't think I don't think that's what she meant by that. Well, if she pops up in the stream yard, we'll get her back on. But um infanticide, beard gamer dad you're a fucking video gamer dude what do you know how do you know how to speak how who gives you the right what gives you the right to tell this c student with no college education how to say the word infanticide and i just said it right i think so jokes on you asshole um i'm just kidding i really do appreciate that the next one is the prague punisher uh prague was one of my wife's favorite towns um it's one of the, it looks like Andrea said that she in one second is going to be back on. So I might be able to put my shirt on. Um, but anyway, the Prague Punisher on June 21st, 1621, the people of Prague gathered and it's famous old town square. By the way, I'm getting this off of uh, skyhistory.uk. It's an article. Um, so I'm just going to read you the article here. They gathered in its infamous old town square to witness a grim spectacle, the execution of 27 Bohemian rebel leaders, nobles, knights, and scholars. The Habsburg rulers wanted to make an example of these men. Some were strung up while others were decapitated by sword. One unfortunate chap had his tongue cut out prior to beheading while others had their hands lopped off before their heads. I'll tell you this right now. I, I don't know if you watch game of Thrones or not. Um, but in the new, the new game of Thrones, the dragon one, Will Cray just paid $2, says the shirt stays off. I owe it to you, buddy. I owe it to you. I'll keep the shirt off. Um, 
But in the new one, I don't know, the dragon, whatever it's called, they pull the tongue out. And right there, I lost it. I'm, I don't know. I, dude, I can't even imagine the pain of having your tongue cut out. And then like, what? why does one guy get chosen? Like, you think he just probably wouldn't shut the fuck up? And then was he being a smart ass? Like, was he being, was he being like a hero? And they were like, no, homie, now we're going to cut your tongue out. Or was he just, just wailing and crying and begging? <sighs> Man, I don't know. I think if, if once they threatened cutting my tongue out, I'm ceasing and desisting. Of course, these people are going to cease to exist. But the man who was the lead executioner on this terrible day was Jan Meidlar, known as the master executioner of Prague. According to the legend, as a young medical student, he fell in love. This is an awesome story. I fucking love this story. This is the story that needs a book. Make this a romance novel. According to legend, a young medical student fell in love, but his wife was condemned to death. He then became an executioner to gain access to his love, but he could not save her. And after that, he donned his famous red hood and devoted himself to ending lives rather than saving it. Damn, dude. That's a real life Punisher. We shouldn't be wearing the Punisher skull. We should be wearing an executioner skull. <laughs> you know, they put the Punisher thing on. Um, they put the Punisher shit on the terror watch list. And uh, and uh, so now we could go for like an executioner skull. Oh, dude, that's what I'm going to bring it. I'm making a shirt with just an executioner's head, like with the hood on. Of course, Having figures with a hood on might um, might be a little bit triggering. Might you'd have to really make it obvious that it was an executioner hood and not like a like a racial like a racial hood. But it looks like Andrea is here. Let's bring her in. Let's bring her in. She is coming to save the day. Are we here? I think. Can you hear me? You are super loud. Ooh. But I would rather you be loud than silent. No. Oh, Goose, you're back. Maverick was, my wingman is back. I was fighting Migs. I was dogfighting. I was in the dogfight. What happened? Fight. I was gone for 15 minutes and you're getting naked. Well, looks like you changed your shirt in that 15 minutes because you were not showing that much shoulder before the show. So on, That other one might come back on. I was cold. It was just an overshirt. Uh-huh. Yep. But look, that's what we do for you guys. If we're late, we're like Chick-fil-A. You just get a free fucking biscuit. You're getting free skin tonight, folks. And we say, don't, my pleasure. <laughs> you don't have to go to our OnlyFans tonight. Oh, Dude, we, God. We should start an OnlyFans. We should start an OnlyFans where, I don't know, what would we do on OnlyFans if we had an OnlyFans? Um, elbows. Just let's, like we touch elbows together and stuff. Like Try it. Like, right, like, Try it. like, Try like it right elbows scissor. Yeah, like, let's bring them in. Bring you still don't have a shirt nice. on. I know. I'm glad I put on deodorant tonight, though, because I would be singing. All right. Uh, I have butchered this fucking show enough. <laughs> Take it from here, sis. Okay. We're, okay. Do, do, okay. Ugh. You're going to have to point me to where you left off, though. I know you were talking about Fran Schmidt. So that's a funny one. Uh, I heard some of it because I was trying to get in the, in the chats a little while I was configuring wires, but so yeah, so you heard that his dad was brought up 
they went somewhere. Uh, his, I think Prague. His dad was brought up. The guy was no, like, it was hey, Nuremberg. You. Franz was in Nuremberg. Okay, Nuremberg. And he was like, "Hey, you." To Franz's father, Heinrich. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you are going to execute these three men. Right. You guys heard that. So he did. Um, and then and then old boy grows up with this as his legacy. Starting at 18 is when yeah, his his dude. first executions happen. Right. I so only he, wish I could pass on some of that shit to my kids. Like, I'm not passing on much of anything like a like a moderately successful distillery, like a semi good podcast. Um, there. But like, I wish I could pass on like a real torch, like here, kids, here's daddy's ax that I cut heads off with every weekend in town square. Or a noose. Like this is the rope. This is the rope. Can't say noose. Can't say that. But you can. It is what it is. No, it's ain't our OnlyFans. Can't just do whatever you want tonight. All right. Well, it's true. This is free. I want to read to you guys. Because if we're getting started off with him naked, then we're just going to dive right the hell in. So let me, I'm reading because it was <clears throat> too much. You spoke on the the wheel, right? So that's actually yep. called the breaking wheel. And so part of me, as I went into this, I wanted to go through executioners, which can span multiple shows because we can talk about like pre-modern period into Renaissance into whatever. We can go all the way up into like Germany and do like, uh, concentration camp execute like this can go on for a long time but as i'm doing it and i start reading about the different types of ways they killed people i know you and mike touched on like some torture stuff at one point i would like to do a whole show just on various forms of just some good old-fashioned torture because i find it fascinating but i do want to touch on the breaking wheel um okay. so you're gonna hear me i'm just gonna kind of read it to you but it is uh it's bold. <laughs> That's a bold way to kill somebody. Um, so it says the execution wheel was typically a large wooden spoked wheel. Um, think of like a, a wagon cart or carriage, except for the outer rim is going to be iron. So it's, it's giant and it's very, very heavy. <laughs> That's what she said. So um, the there would be usually like a blade-like part that came from the rim. So the primary goal is to actually break bones. This is torture. They're not trying to kill you immediately. So they would generally start from the bottom up, right? Okay. So they would start um, by dropping this giant picture, I, I would say four to five feet in diameter, this wheel, uh, surrounded in heavy iron and then wooden spokes. And they would drop it starting on your shins. So now they've oh. crushed your legs. And this is public, so people are, people are here for it. They're bringing their popcorn, kettle corn, whatever's your fancy, right? Do you think at that point you're numb, though? Do you think that, like, you're in some kind of a shock? Does your body... I mean, you 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 so, you know the mind a little bit. Does your body shut down before all this? So shit that's going to be person dependent, though. Think about that, right? So think about even like uh, if you want to talk about that, someone who's like a prisoner of war or something, and things that people endure that they can like. Uh, People might fall unconscious or pass out, but other people are still fighting through. So this is going to be person dependent. So it would so it start with uh, start with the shins, move on up to the knees, femurs, uh, pelvis, uh, you know, whatever you're doing the thing. The final blow would be the head. So um, the primary goal of the first act was the agonizing mutilation of the body, not death. So they would start with the leg bones. Um, finally the arms and so then the rhythm and the number of beatings are prescribed based on your crime like what you've done like kind of your sentence right 
<clears throat> so in, to increase the effect, it said, often they would place sharp edge timbers underneath your body. So as this is landing on top of you, you're also being impaled underneath. Whew. Oh, so um, rock me, mama, like a wagon yeah, wheel. And, yeah, rock me, mama, mm-hmm. any way yeah. you feel. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. mama, break me. Break me. Yeah, old crow. Rock like, me, mama, like the wind and the rain. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> okay. Mm. That was the rum talking. <sighs> I thought you were drinking beer. Uh, you've missed a lot since we've been <laughs> on. I've really gone down the shitter. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, I'm a little sad that my connection works now. Um, okay. So, so the timbers could be underneath. Uh, it would be very rare that they would start from head first. So I think you could consider yourself lucky if they start head first because they're dropping on your head first and you're almost going to immediately die. So the second act of this, and I put this in the chats, is that now your limbs, your body is braided into the wheel because now you're all broken. So you have no rigidity of bones, right? So they literally braid your limbs through this wheel. Um, If they didn't braid them, they would tie you to it. The wheel is then erected onto a mast or a pole. So think of when if someone is crucified, that was very commonplace um, punishment. I said erected. You're right. Is this the time for blue shoe ad? And wood and hard. And pole and up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so think about if someone was crucified, which was a very commonplace practice back then, you know, they're, they're nailing you to it and then, then they, they stand it up. Right. So same with this wheel. Um, excuse me. So once the wheel has been erected up top, again, think of the public crucifixion, Jesus, Um, you're gonna, people are standing around and watching and there, there's a crowd for this. And so you are on top of it now. We've got scavenging animals, right? Birds, um, all sorts of things are, are coming. You're likely still alive. So here's the deal, though. If a convict fell from the wheel, if he was not properly secured, this was looked at as God's intervention, oh. meaning, oh, wait, now you are not punishable by death. Like, now we oh. want to save you. Um, so there are, do exist, um, there are some articulation some illustrations of people who were then saved and like kind of how that went so now they have to like go through the most extensive health care that they have at the time to now preserve your life so they've they've beaten you to the brink of death put you up on this thing but if you fell off now it's god's will that you live so now they try their best to bring you back just let me go just like let's just fucking stop like just call it a like so My life's they over. Have, so they actually have some record of how long. So to answer your question earlier, even just like when we were before all of the rest of this, right? But just the um do you pass out? Do you die? What happens? Yeah. So we have some record of that. So think about they've been crushed from shins, knees, femurs, arms, and now you've been either woven through the spokes of this wheel or tied to it. The survival time after being wheeled or broken could be extensive. It says accounts exist of a 14th century murderer who remained conscious for three days after undergoing the punishment. Um, During the Black Death in the year 1348, there was a Jewish man who was sentenced um, to this punishment. And authorities stated he remained conscious for four days and nights afterward. So... (sighs) Ooh. Yeah. 
anyway, that's a side note. That's not executioners, but that's one of the things that they would do. Uh, and old Franz got to do it. Franz has got his uh, Nuremberg. Right. Breaking. I, okay, so I'm trying to figure out where you were when you left off. Oh, you don't worry about it. I was fucking butchering everything. Um, you do you know why? Off. Like, oh, do you know why people want to become executioners? Well, generally speaking, they, they don't because. Okay. Usually, um, you did touch on this, like they were generally chosen. This was not okay. like of their will because they lived a whole different life usually. And it would depend on the country. And then, of course, the, the time period we're in the century. But um, often they were shunned. So they were oh. not accepted. Into well, I mean, if they're wearing a hood, standard. how do you know that they're an executioner? So that well, was the, point the hoods of didn't the come hood. until later. The oh. hoods didn't come until later, and we have a misconception that the hoods were always um, like uh, black in color and and like muted down, and they were often not. They were oh. uh, usually bright red, these kinds of things. But but, and we're going to talk about that. There were a few who took this job very seriously and actually wanted to do it for good, if you will. Think maybe um, an older day Dexter or something along those lines. So it, there's there became a shift in. <sighs> culture if you will to where they became they wanted to be revered in this profession rather than being shunned in it so let's talk about did you talk about the prog punisher did you get to number two on that list oh uh, the prog punisher yeah i think so why uh why do they burn homosexuals and drown infanticides folks infanticide what about it they drown them but they burn the homosexuals I know that, but oh, why well. do they get to drown to death and gays get burned alive? And then I said like, well, what if you, what if you had a phobia of the water and you were like, can I just be, can you, can I be burned? Or is it like the crime has its punishment? If you commit infanticide, you drown to death. If you're right. get caught blowing another dude, like thievery would be to cut off a hand or whatever, like crime, right. or like, yeah, punishment. Um, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to those questions. Gosh, that was, dude, that's uh, I love my pay scale right now. I, didn't, I just feel like it's up. a little bit unfair. You think? I mean, you're killing you're killing somebody, and you get to drown. They say drowning is one of the most euphoric ways to die. Mm, I and I would very imagine until it's euphoric. I mean, how fucking how painful can drowning be? It's got to be super quick. It's quick, but it's you've got the apprehension and the anxiousness before, and then that first gulp of water is going to be painful. And but for not, you're right, not for long. I mean, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've I've been with people who have literally drowned, and it goes super quick. I mean, you bring them back, but yeah, uh, I feel like burning would last a hot second. No pun oh, intended. For, forget the burning. Uh, I can't I can't like that's so it's like my, you kill we've you talked about irrational fears for me it's like prison and then like burning to death yeah but you get to like them. you kill a baby you get to drown to death you suck a dick and you have to burn to death that sucks what is really sucked to be gay back in the 1500s in Nuremberg Germany Nuremberg's in Germany right yeah I mean it would suck to be gay in a lot of places in the that's world true. today that's true that's true. There's a lot of people Not coming America, into the studio right places. now because they're playing poker in, uh, oh my God. in the little foyer area. There was nobody there before, right? And they're just walking by my window, just looking in, and I'm just sitting here topless in the dark. <laughs> you should, hey, real quick, you should put, like, I'll just keep talking and real quick put, like, a hashtag, like, put, like, an OnlyFans handle and, like, a cash app, uh, something, yeah. and, like, just tape it to the window. 
So when they walk by, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, maybe. Mm. Um, you could try that. So the Prague Punisher, um, Jan Midlar. I'm totally messing this up. So um, Jonah, if you're in the chats, I don't even know where you hail from, Jonah. But I know that I've always butchered your name. The other way you write it on there maybe you can help me on this it's m-y-d-l-a-r with a lot of like whoop whoop swoops and things on top so this dude was known as the master executioner of Prague, and according to a legend as a young medical student uh he fell in love you guys this is like the romeo and juliet <sighs> of executioners i'm here for this but his wife was condemned to death so he then chose, so we just talked about that, but now he did choose to become an executioner only so he could gain access to his love. Yeah. But he couldn't save her. So after that, it says he donned his famous red hood and devoted himself to ending life rather than saving it. And that's where we came up with getting rid of the Punisher skull and now adopting an oh, executioner. So we did. Okay. But now we want to have like an executioner head as the sign of the Punisher. So we'll get rid of the Punisher okay, skull this. and get some kind of executioner logo. Somebody might, someone in the chats, if you all want to Google, cause I'm tired of technology. I'm done with it today. Um, I'm going back to a flip phone tomorrow, but if you want to in the chats, look it up. There's a, um, it's a Dr. Seuss book on the, the multiple hats. It's like the mini hats. It's, um, it's from forever ago because I would read it to, I would read it to my oldest son and I got, there was a page on the executioner and it was a dude and a hood. And I remember my child was like five in bed. Um, Somebody, y'all, come on, y'all do it. It'll take two seconds. I could do it, but I refuse. Um, Anyway, it, it, talking about the executioner and their hood. It's something in many hats. And the kid, like the, the hats keep multiplying. Is that mm. it? Okay. Jonah, Jonah's here for it. The 500 hats are brought. Is that it? Is this satire, Jonah? Are you right? I don't even see where you see Jonah in the chat. It, well, it doesn't. It's Kaosu. Kaosu. I can't oh, say Kaosu. That. He said, "Just call me Jonah." Yeah, the five hundred hats of Bartholomew hero. Cubbins. Bartholomew I think he might Cubbins, be right. Somebody else. Yep. Oh, so I was going to try to look it up real quick because I mean, why not? This show already is whatever. Um, because I want you to see. When it gets to the executioner page, as I'm reading to my sweet young child, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, everybody's uh, saying it's 500 hats of Bartholomew. Yeah, it is. It is. Yes. Okay, look, I'm going to put it up here. Oh, so this is the picture. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Do you see that? Yeah. The guy looks like me, though. Built a lot like me. <laughs> anyway, whatever. So, okay. So, um, so old Jan here, the master executioner of Prague, couldn't save his his bride, his love. So he decides to devote his life to ending life rather than saving it. But he didn't want to have their tr like. Traditionally, they were pariahs. They were, you know, shunned. Like I said, it was not a good. Even though they didn't choose this life for themselves, they were not looked upon favorably. He wanted to. He was one of the ones that wanted to change the way they were looked at and wanted to make it like a revered status to be an executioner, right? Mm -hmm. So um, he wanted to be an upstanding member of the community. But there was a time in June of 1621, the people of Prague gathered 
um, together in the town square, there was going to be an execution of 27 Bohemian rebel leaders. It was nobles, knights, scholars, you name it, like yeah, the, yeah. The, the higher ups, right? Um, they want to make an example of these men. So some were strung up, some were decapitated. Um, one guy had his tongue cut out before he was beheaded. Another guy had his hands lopped off before he was beheaded. So the guy who had to lead that was none other than our sweet Prague Jan, who oh. had devoted his life to this. So yeah. while he was trying to make oh, this hair, while he was trying to make um, his status as an executioner more elite, once he was tasked with the killing of the twenty-seven Bohemian rebels, he was shot once more. That was no good. Fuck, that was man. no good. So Damn, no more dude. him. I know it didn't work out. He tried. He tried real hard. Shot his shot. He shot his shot. So, who else we got? Who else we got? Let's see. What are y'all doing in the chats? Also, Davey. I want to shout out Davey. Was, um, he said, check your inboxes. Check your DMs, Andrea. Like, he knew I wasn't here. And I told him in the chats. So I was like, I'm scared. I'm always scared when somebody tells me to do that on Instagram. Uh, he said, don't worry, I got you. And what it was is he's an IT guy. So he was going to actually try to help me out with my computer. And as it, oh. his words magically spoke, because as he was talking to me, I was trying to plug it again, turn it on again. And it and it worked without him even having to do anything. So he mm. saved he saved the night. Um, so Jack Ketch uh, is actually a <laughs> name. Lopez says in the chats, I execute on the paintball field. The only thing you execute on the paintball field is your sex life. <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody wants to sleep with a paintball player what do you think okay Confirmed. Eric, what do you think executes sex life more is it paintball or airsoft <laughs> airsoft <laughs> and uh, i agree airsoft is the worst it's uh, like look i you know whatever to each his own right but the youtube videos are just <laughs> it's it's like you got to know it's satire but it's not like they're all in. They're like, yeah, the kid I'm running right now. It's like as if they're talking like they're going to real war. It's like, oh, man. Like media said, is there a difference? <laughs> right. I, <laughs> I, you know, um, I got to stay with Lazaro Lopez a, a few times. And, yeah. um, but I, I stayed at his house and, uh, and, and, you know, he was a gracious host and he gave me one of the I'm most. I'm sorry, real quick, Drew, I was about to touch on LARPing. We'll talk about that. Go ahead. He grant, he, he was gracious enough to give me one of the most comfortable couches I've ever slept on in my life. Um, by the way, if you're in Cincinnati, Ohio, I'll probably be there the week of November 7th for a podcast thing. So just stay tuned. Haven't put it in the books yet, but anyway, um, but I was staying with Lazaro Lopez in Texas and I was sleeping on his couch and he whined me, he dined me, made fa fantastic food for me and everything, and then forced me to watch fucking hours of paintball videos. Dude, check this out. This is Team Viper. This is this is Team Viper Venom. Wait, 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 wait. So, so I'm clear. Was this videos of? Okay. Either way, was this of videos them. of him paintballing or videos no, of just not, people not really, just, or just, just like instructional videos just, of paintballing? No, just like paintball like as if it were as if it were like a baseball game like if it was like highlights to football games it was like youtube okay. it was like paintball match highlights and he was like oh dude that's uh that's uh that's johnny paint slinger with <laughs> team venom viper 
and <laughs> he's one of the like dude murders murders on the on the paintball match field <laughs> so bad but I had to like pretend like I was like really happy. I was like, man, this is so cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me crash at your house instead of a really nice hotel. He said we were watching videos of yourself. That's what he just said. <laughs> I don't paintball. I've paintballed once in my life and I was in middle school in the 90s. Paintball is good for like, I mean, I can see like my kid would want to do it for his birthday. I bet. Yeah. I mean, like it's cool. Like, yeah. I mean, if you want to. If he just said airsoft, I'd have been like, nah, dude. No, but I mean, uh, I'll tell you, Lastro is a very good cook. Um, oh. He's a good cook. He's got, he's a, he's fire on that grill. So <laughs> I, I really enjoyed. Look, Lastro Lopez, said, we don't talk about the Boone Island boys, buddy. We don't bring that up. Oh. Look, bring that Deluxe up. Production said, like Jeffrey Dahmer, I said, we're going to watch paintball and then you can leave. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> I said, we're going to watch paintball movies. You're going to like it. <laughs> And then you can leave. Oh, oh man, love. All right. <clears throat> so we have, um, so the dictionary actually defines the name Jack Ketch as a generic name for an executioner or hangman. But in fact, it was a real man. Um, he was thought to have come from Ireland. He performed many botched executions. So his legacy is that he really kind of sucked at the job. He wasn't good at this. Uh, they, they picked the wrong guy. So he was supposed to uh, behead a politician. Uh, this is in like yes. 1683. Dude, wish we could bring that back. Beheading politicians. Ew, That'd be yeah. fucking awesome. I'm down with that. I got a whole list. Well, listen, it was so barbaric and it turned out so wrong that he actually produced a pamphlet, which at that time, guys, it's not he's not hopping on Microsoft Word, right? He probably took some time to do this, gathering some, okay. some you know, um, and, and to apologize for how <laughs> for how uh, botched this execution was. Uh, it says that maybe the most famous head he took was that of James Scott, the first Duke of Monmouth. Um, it's said that before this guy laid his head on the block, the guy already, old Jack Ketch's reputation preceded him. So this guy knows he's laying to death. His fear was not even death. It was that this guy, oh Jack, was in charge of it, right? So his words were, um, um, he asked him to do it in one blow because he was aware of his reputation as. Um, this is what I asked my wife. That's what I asked my wife for my birthday. Why do I say things that like I'm not thinking of in the moment? They come out of my mouth because I'm concentrating on the topic. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I, um, on my birthday, I asked my wife to get me in one blow. She did. Well, some say it was eight blows. <laughs> Legend has it it was eight blows. <laughs> That's the next sentence. <laughs> now I know this story. I know this story because the guy <laughs> fucked up cutting somebody's head off it's one this time. Guy. And guy. well, no, he he'd done it before, and then this guy came up to the the thing and was That's like, what I'm saying. "He said, Yo, please homie, do it like, in let's one not blow. fuck this up. Yeah, let's right. not fuck this up. Like, I'm not asking much, but like." Yes. So, so and this said, motherfucker like goes to town, whacking it like five times, and doesn't he finish no, it with a knife or something? Listen. So, okay. some say it was eight blows. That's where we're going with that. Okay, eight blows. You had your head in the must have used a lot of teeth. <laughs> so, um, at one point, the guy was even said to have risen from the block, 
that he was lying on, half cut to pieces, drawing gasps from the crowd. And it says the grisly protracted affair was supposedly cut short, so to speak, by Ketch's use of a small knife to finally mm-hmm. fully sever his head from his body. So the poor guy was like, please just do it with one good blow. Nope. It was it, he hacked away. Um, I just feel like if you got one job, you know what I mean? You're executioner. Like do some do some axe swinging drills. We're doing <laughs> right? some, like, like we're doing some upper body. We're doing yeah. Like this guy's like yeah. I don't know. I was gonna make a really poor joke there, but uh, but I won't. But uh, What's yes, stopping you. Uh, nothing. But those eight blows were brought to you by Blue Chew and BlueChew.com. <laughs> Thanks. And there much. it is, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Will Cree. I'm not reading it out loud, but that's funny. Mm. Okay. So we have Chopper Charlie. This is the, uh, he was alive from 1739 until 1806. Um, in 1793, King Louis the 16th of France was beheaded by guillotine in Paris. Um, so the executioner was this guy, Charles, Charles Henry Sanson. He had done a, a lot of things and actually executed a lot of higher ranking um, government officials. He had actually executed nearly 3,000 people. Whoa. 3,000. What? Most of these during the French Revolution. So listen to this real quick. So he would have been a great guy for your last call show, right? Because he probably needs something else. Some good quality time to, off to talk about. <laughs> Some good quality time off. Like, like, what does your day look like when you've murdered three thousand people name? one by one? Um, the executioner, uh, Charles. It's a it's a so dash like, Charles. Dash damn Henry it, Charles! Wilson. Damn it, Charles! Nobody wants to hear about the fucking fifteen dudes you executed yesterday. Nobody wants to hear yeah. about it. Nobody yeah. wants to hear about. It. We're trying to talk about soccer, and you're talking about some asshole that you hit with an axe eight times and then had to finish him off the knife because you suck at your fucking job. Uh-huh. We wants to hear that shit, Charles. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Get out of here. Your bean dip sucks, by the way. Well, <clears throat> so, so he learned also the technique of torture. So, um, so a particularly terrible execution was um, one where this guy's uh, feet were crushed. He was then burned with red hot irons. His knife hand was burned with sulfur. So knife hand. So you hear that? His knife hand. Would that be your dominant hand, right? Can I just start calling it my knife hand? Like I'm left-handed. Yeah. My knife hand is my left hand. He's like angry cops. Right? He's got a knife hand. Ugh. Right? They burned him um, with his sulfur. Wounds, uh, yeah, his knife Sounds hand. Painful. <laughs> I keep saying that. That's uh, from this. Oh, they like, would just call the- it. They'd call it my jerking hand. When I talked, <laughs> Eric was executed by uh, pouring sulfur on his jerking hand. Is that all? Okay, I don't have actually. I'm not going to ask that question. They have to burn both hands. <laughs> don't want to. <laughs> so glad I joined the show tonight. His wounds then had hot lead, wax, and oil poured into them. God, they were not even messing around. Yeah, what did he do? I don't know. I don't care. What did Charles do. And I mean, not Charles, the, the other guy. <laughs> he was homosexual. Maybe something like that. Oh, so then then after we, like, if it, if it weren't enough to pour hot lead and oil and things in these wounds after your bones have been shattered and you've been cut open, he was then demasculated, uh, his genitals were removed. Oh, this guy, th- I know this guy. This and guy, uh, he, he tried to, to assassinate the king. 
Oh, maybe. He like, he, like, he like stabbed the king in the, in the uh, rib cage with a pen knife. And uh, yeah, that's why that's they fucked this guy up. That's also how you could do a great... Um, you can allow for air to, if you have a collapsed lung. It's, it's actually a good thing to do, but I digress. Yeah, but this guy did not, this guy, they weren't fixing a collapsed lung. They were yeah, no. demasculating. By the way, demasculating is cutting off of the genitals. I said that. I Okay. Well, I said it. Sorry. And then they quartered him with horses and then burned the rest of his body. If they burned um, gay people at the stake, does that mean they would just automatically burn Lazaro Lopez for playing paintball? Like that's like gay intercourse. Paintball, gay intercourse, same thing. I'm still going with airsoft on that one. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't. You get demasculated if it's airsoft. <laughs> Back Only in the 1500s. Because... <laughs> this is the 1500s shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. I mm -hmm. do. So, we're going to talk about the woman from hell, Lady Betty. Um, she she passed away in 1807, so we're still we're still uh, a minute away. TJR said standard punishment for a late library book. Yeah. That's not a oh god, it's so popular. Yeah, that's not that's not far off. So in um nineteen or seventeen eighty nine. It says a tall, black, bearded man came to stay at the lodging house of one Elizabeth Sugru in, in Ireland somewhere. So he was finally dressed. He paid her uh, in gold pieces. And then he goes to bed. Well, she immediately is jealous of what seems to be this air about him. And he has this money and these nice clothes. So as one does, uh, she crept into his room while he slept. She stabbed him to death and she robbed him of his goods. Um, come to find out, that's her long lost son. Mm. Yeah. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. This is before ancestry, so no one, no one knew it. This is before ancestry or twenty three and me. Uh, not a sponsor, by the way. That'd be cool, though. To have twenty three um, in me. <laughs> mm, that's. <laughs> so, uh, she was sentenced to death. So, get this, y'all. Talk about making. <laughs> lemonade out of lemons she's sentenced to death she gets there she's awaiting her own execution she's in chains waiting to be strung up and then the hangman that was supposed to be there is sick that <laughs> he's out sick so he's using some paid time off <laughs> cashing his hours uh they're kind of scrambling for a substitute hangman right and she says hey i will do that like if you let me free I'll go on and kill all the rest of these guys that are ready to be uh, hanged. Mm. And they allowed her to. So she said, set me free. I'll hang them all. And it says she duly hanged the prisoners right there. And then coolly and Damn. calmly. She showed it. And so it said um, she was dubbed the woman from hell. And she lived the rest of her life as a live-in hangwoman at that prison in her own room. Uh, she started to become known as Lady Betty. She was even paid and would happily and with gusto, with gusto, flog criminals out on the street. Um, it says that probably it was the hundreds that her rope, uh, in the hundreds that wrote her rope killed men. Uh, so, it, so she became also like this uh, 
you know, like the antihero of a fairy tale, right? Or a nursery rhyme. So Irish mothers would for decades tell naughty children that if they did not behave, they would get a visit from the dreaded Lady Betty. Damn. Mm -hmm. Come on, Lady Betty. Lady Betty. Damn, I'll make a drink called the Lady Betty. Ooh, you should. What would that be? I don't know, but it'd hang you out to dry. (laughs) (laughs) Would it have bitters in it? Yeah, it'd be real bitter. I think it's real salty. Good, a little salt on the rim. Mm-hmm. 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 Like that. I don't know, man. Um, I mean, could you do it? Could you be an executioner? Mm-mm. You don't think you could? Um, there's I think, probably been I think a be time in my life where I felt like I could end somebody's life, but... I think I'd be too sarcastic. Like, would you make a show of it? No, you would make a show of it. I'm not even asking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a spectacle. But, like, you know, like, uh, I used to play catcher <laughs> when I played baseball uh, when I was younger. And I used to just just be the king of talking shit to okay. uh, the, the batters and stuff. And I feel like yep. that's what I would do to, like, the prisoners. Be like, man, Just I, talk uh, shit, like, as they're, like, walking. No, no, the, no. But, like, like, it's, like, sarcastic shit. It's like, man, I hope uh, I hope this <laughs> this rope is thick enough. It just doesn't seem like the quality of rope we used to have. Like this looks like the quality of rope that'll, like that knot's gonna slip. It's, it's it's really not gonna break your neck. That's that's one of those ones that just kind of seals it, and you just kind of feel all of it. You know. Well, so like, there was actually the so on that there was. Or, the or guy like you walk who... o- you like you walk over to the other guy and he's like, Bob, how are you doing today? Eric, how, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. But like you know, the prisoners are like earshot away, and I'll be like, doing pretty good, man. I got a little drunk last night. Forgot to fucking sharpen the old axe, so. Going at adult today, boys. Didn't reinforce these knots. Gonna... Yeah, like so. There was the guy who, um, like, kind of more perfected the hanging process. He he was the one who kind of um, initially fabricated like the long rope. So it used to be a shorter mm. rope, but he found that the longer rope, uh, since it dropped down and would hit with a certain um, force, force, that that neck was going to be broken a lot quicker and you're going to have a lot less of um, even slipping of the knots because that did happen. Like they would, they would hit and it would injure, but then there would be a slipping of the knot. So now you've got a neck injury or a broken neck or you're gasping for air, but you're not dead. Yeah. But like if they don't kill you, then you're set free. But it was that across the board everywhere. And then every, I think think a life sentence is a life sentence. Cause like, I think even if they botch the execution, like stateside, isn't it like, no, no, they keep on till you're dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that'll be another fun show too, because there's some like lethal injections that have gone. Um, they say bad, but like the things these people are in prison for, I don't really worry about it. But yeah, like um, Ben Marsh said, they would have Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, mm-hmm. that's what that is. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but guys, I don't even know what happened. Like, this was weird. My computer did take a big poop on me, and then I'm back. He's naked, drinking rum out of a bottle like a pirate. It's just one of those nights, like, something you can't have. You can't have, you can't have a championship show every weekend. You know what I mean? We set the bar so high. We set the bar so high that it's hard to, it's hard to match that week after week. I mean, sometimes... Sometimes, uh, what, what's the football player that throws the ball a lot? Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. I mean, sometimes he throws an interception or two. 
Do you know what I mean? Can't be perfect every game. Well, I mean, he's having an interception right now in the form of his divorce. So, uh, he was married to Giselle, right? Yeah, she Is gone. He divorcing Giselle? She gone. She what leaving the him. Fuck for what? She's for? leaving Tom. Tom's out of strawberry. I never. Oh, married. I I've never trusted a man who's never had a strawberry. And uh, Tom Brady went in on an interview and said he's never. What do you had mean? A strawberry. Like the food. Yeah, the food. He's never put a strawberry in his mouth because he eats like perfectly healthy. He eats raw though. But I mean, how? Uh, what? He just never had a strawberry. That was in his interview. He never had a fucking strawberry. He doesn't eat fruit because it has too much sugar in it or something. Oh, just like probably no fruit. Yeah. I feel like Tom's taking a banana or two. You know what I mean? I feel like he needs that potassium. I feel like he could. But like, I mean, I think if you're Giselle and you're marrying a guy like Tom Brady, like you got to know that Tom Brady is a football player. You know what I mean? Like that Yeah, that's dude, not ending. Yeah, you're not that's not hanging like, out. Like that dude, that's his numero uno. Well, it's his I feel like probably his um identity. Yeah. You know, it's become yeah, his identity. He can't separate him. that. So, if she doesn't like it. I guess. But I think I feel I could be wrong. I feel like she'll be okay. But I mean, I, I think feel, she's gonna be all right. I feel like that was a power couple. I thought. I'm, I'm depressed. Nobody's I didn't a power know. Couple. I didn't know that they were. Uh, I didn't know that they'd split up. That makes me sad tonight. Does it? Yeah, Giselle was pretty awesome. I honestly couldn't give I less she was of a little... shit than I gave about it. Well, I don't know. I don't know. They were a cute couple. I thought. Oh, a tactical dude says that he was a cheater. He's a cheater. I was gonna say I'm sure his ex-wife thought that they were a really cute couple too. Like, oh, I didn't know because, he was married before. I guess I just don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's an old girl too. I like um, to think that everybody's just been together forever. She's super um, pretty too. She's a. Uh, I don't know. More of a Lazaro Lopez <laughs> says, if everyone stop and go check the Discord video I posted. So our paid members do get access to our Discord. If it's the video I think it is, I'm going to fucking <laughs> put you on the wheel. I'm going to paintball your dick until it falls off. And then we're going to go through the whole breaking wheel thing. It's going to be awesome. <coughs> if it's that video, I will fucking. I'm checking right now. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you guys, hey, if you're not paid members, you might get a little free uh, from Discord tonight. Because if this is good, I might just show it to you right now. <laughs> it's brazers. So he says, uh, so as, uh, the welding panzer says, I wasn't the only one who thought it was a porno. Oh, okay, God. first of all, wonky. Really? Like, okay. Or on here, it's Will Cray. But on Discord... First of all, he takes the worst screenshot of me talking. So I look like I've just had a stroke. And he wrote. That's how you always look, by the way. Andrea up late. More like Andrea not here. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Very nice. Very In nice. In Discord. That's Okay. Fun. So he didn't post. Oh, the here it is. Proof oh, he did post the video. Transy made me watch videos of himself. No, that is not true. Don't you dare. Don't you dare put it up there. That is for our Discord members only. I'll fucking shoot myself right here on the screen. Like I will blank this fucking thing right out. I will I will make like Giselle and okay. did he post it? He posted um That son of a bitch. <laughs> that son of a bitch. I fucking did it, dude. 
You do look comfortable on his floor or couch or whatever it is. Oh, he posted it on me on the floor? Look at you on the fiddle. Yes. Yes. Motherfucker. Oh man, I hate you so much. I'm never sleeping on your floor again. Oh gosh, Ever. his name is Airsoft Speedy. Okay, look. Uh, my apologies. Who's Airsoft Speedy? If if Airsoft is in your actual handle. I mean, I, we're just fucking around. It's like scooter kids. I get in trouble for making fun of scooter kids all the time. I had a parent send me a really long message that said she didn't think he was healthy, that I, you know, I make these comments about scooter kids on my kids' social media, blah, 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 this and that. And I was like, look, dude, like I shit on scooter kids, state troopers, Marines. I'm here for all that. And airsoft people and paintball people. And Lasro Lopez, like it's what I do, man. It's, it's like it, it's. Do I really think in my heart of hearts that every airsoft person should be demasculated and burned at the stake? Yes, I do feel that way. But do I really feel that paintball guys should be burned at the stake like gay homosexuals in the 15th century? Yes, yes, I do feel that way. So maybe. Did you eat? Davies soft tacos in Austin at the Super Bowl party because that's what he's saying. Um, and now Davey, I feel like you owe Davies soft tacos. Davy, I yeah, I did. Davey you did. You were forcing night. you were forcing those tacos down everybody's throat at that meetup. Like I just remember Davy being like, because we were all drinking those hardest fuck seltzers, yeah. and I was already super hungover from the night before. That was the night that girl. I asked a girl for some liquid IV, and she's like, I don't. I she's like, Is this yes, I can. Trick? Yeah, she was like, I can give you some liquid IV and I can blow you. And I was like, well, let's start with the liquid IV. We'll see sure. if the headache goes sure. away in let's 45 minutes. Start. If it doesn't, we'll revisit the blowjob part. And then um, she did give me the liquid IV. Yeah. And then I took a picture of her and sent it to my wife and said, this chick just offered to blow me in the bathroom here at this meetup. And then later on in the night, she wanted some cocaine. So she was like, do you have any coke? But I had, there was a whole table full of Austin cops that had come to see the show. And I had just like talked to him and said, thank you for coming out and everything, yada, yada, yada. And so I said, uh, no, but that table over there has a lot of coke on it. And so she walks over to the table full of cops that are off duty and she asks for some coke. And they're all looking at her like, what the fuck? Anyway, she ended up crying and being super embarrassed. And then her friends were like, you're a fucking asshole. She came all the way from Colorado to see you and you set her up to the cops. I was like, one, those cops are off duty and they don't give a fuck. But two, like, I feel like if it was funny and then I do things in, in, in the name of comedy. Um, Tansy then sent her to a table full of cops asking for coke. Yes, but uh, yeah, but Davy was it compl- was very intoxicated and and several times he approached me and was like, "Get you some of these tacos, get you some of these tacos." And I was like, "Dude, I've already had like six year tacos, so I do appreciate the tacos. They were amazing tacos." But what you did know, Davy, is that I had like a half a fucking pizza too. Like I had ordered myself a massive fucking pizza and I ate almost the whole thing. Oh, um, well, that was a fun episode. That was, um, it was a fun. That's maybe our first one. You remember when, um, we were live 
for like what 15 minutes silently for my first show on here <laughs> yeah. Catherine Knight, what are you laughing at yeah that and you couldn't and like you were talking like this in the mic that was the second show oh that was the second show <laughs> dude um so the pi like the dylan rounds guy like i pretty much delete their messages like every day but they like will not get off of that one episode like they listen to your first episode which your first time podcasting ever and they just have never shut the fuck up about it that's fine <clears throat> bring up our numbers guys keep it going. but i just i just saw a dylan rounds update where um, so, uh, so i have one i was gonna make a reel oh. today and i got in the fuss of hustling over to baseball and back and, and things didn't make it the reel so guys actually it's more of an update than um I was kind of surprised by this. So if you remember, uh, James or Jim Brenner was the guy they labeled as a squatter. He wasn't really squatting. He was sharing the property because Dylan had a ton of property out there. Um, if if you didn't listen, guys, it was uh, uh, from a couple months ago. The Utah boy was 19 years old farming on his own in this vast, desolate space and has just and immediately just like, went missing and that's that okay so we had an episode on it go back and listen if you haven't there haven't been any updates until just kind of now so we knew that james brenner shared property with him dylan lived in a camper on his own property <clears throat> james was uh not not far from that so we knew at the beginning that james was uh, a bad guy we only had a cast of characters that were all kind of uh just some rough dudes a lot of um storied past if you will and james was always very aggressive they would talk about him being the one who would always want to be in a fight or be aggressive or be intimidating well the one the big piece of evidence that we found initially was that dylan's work boots were found like on a pile of dirt not too far from where his uh camper was right and they were clean they were dry and they had like one or two spots of blood on them. Uh -huh. That was that. That's all we knew. We then learned that the day before his disappearance, there was a huge rainstorm. And that area uh -huh. was um, pretty known to flood and like wash out and gullies and these kinds of things. Right. So James has now stated or told authorities that he moved the boots that he found them by the shed and moved them to this pile of dirt um in case dylan wanted them i think were his words mm. but if that's what happened based on the timeline he gave then these boots would have gotten wet in the rainstorm the night before dylan disappeared so the what people tend to think is that um based on some other things he said that maybe he actually moved the boots on monday two days after dylan went missing um because he kind of had to off them like he had to get rid of them um mm. <clears throat> So that's one thing. Second thing is he was the one, you know, we talked about the grain truck for a long yeah. time. Was yeah, Dylan yeah. I thought he might be truck. in the grain truck. Right. And so um, when the police came initially and no one knew how like severe the situation was. Right. And so when police came initially, since James already lived on the property, he was the one, he was like, Oh, I got this. And he backed the grain truck out of the shed himself for the police like he he gets it out of there so that they can search the grain truck and the shed well <clears throat> he did that he was also in front of family and in front of law enforcement at the time again no one knew what we know now but this scene was not secured right, right. so because he's 19 years old and who, who knows like we're not looking right. at this as a potential homicide yet so 
James was in the shed um, putting things in trash bags. He wound up hauling off, we now know, he hauled off four bags of trash, four trash bags anyway, uh, at that time right under the nose of local law enforcement and the family. But then when they went there later to go into the shed, it was full of like empty beer cans and trash. So it it looks like he wasn't actually picking up trash. That's kind of a weird detail, but Mm. interesting. Like what was he doing in there quickly under the nose of everyone else? Um, so then this one, okay. Okay. So, so the gun, Dylan's gun was found. He had a pistol. Not surprisingly, he lives out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, when they meaning authorities and then family, continue to go back because if you remember mom and dad like kept kind of going back they would check in the truck they actually broke into the truck to see what was in there there was a lot of overlapping of law enforcement and family um searching if you will all of these things um so things were compromised right off the rip so they go in his camper where he where he lived his home and they said that it was like two or three days of them looking in there looking for things under cabinets on the bed under the couches whatever and then on this, I think the second day they went in, his gun was laying on top of the counter. And they mm. thought that was odd because they were like, wait a minute, like we've been in here for like two full days and now this gun is here. So they they seem to think that James um, placed it there. But here's the kicker. This is what got me. All we knew and all we talked about, so think Delphi, think any of the other things we talk about and we say it all the time. All we can talk about is what we know. And we often know that law enforcement knows what we don't. And that's how it should be, right? So we knew that the last point of contact, the last phone call he made was, I think, at 6.20 a.m. on that Saturday morning that he went missing to his grandmother. Remember, he called her and he said, hey, it's raining, right? It's raining. I got to go. I got grain in the truck. I've got to get it covered. Now we know some, some more records have been released his very next call was to James Brenner. That same guy. So then his phone is pinged. Um, His phone is pinged after his conversation with his grandmother, uh, moving toward and going to James Brenner's place of residence on his property. It stays there for a while. It goes back to Dylan's house. um, And then it goes back to James's house. And then James has said, now he's lawyered up and, and all the things, but he has said that he, uh, there was a pond on the property and he says that he stopped. <laughs> I don't This guy doesn't strike me as one who's going to pull out a picnic blanket and a book and sit there by the pond to uh, enjoy his lunch. But he said he stopped by the pond um, on his way to lunch with a friend. Three weeks after Dylan's disappearance, they didn't tell us this earlier. They've just now told us. But three weeks after Dylan disappeared, his phone was found at the bottom of that pond. So so he's in the pond. Are we not they haven't, this Well, well we don't know yet? that. We don't know that. I, I would like to think that, like, dive teams or, like, surely, I don't know the size of this pond. Like, have we not done that yet? Like, surely, right? Like, I don't know where the kid is, but the phone, the phone was in the pond. I don't know if that means that the kid's in the pond. He's somewhere. He's dead. But I mean, and the, and the authorities did say recently, like they are definitely moving forward as though, I mean, this is a homicide. Um, uh, but I thought that was huge. Now, James, they were able to charge James. He's a felon. And so in the right, initial search and everything, <clears throat> yeah. And in the search for everything with Dylan, they found firearms on him and were able to quickly use that as a way to get him probably 
probably because they already had some suspicions, right? Right. But to get him in custody, um, kind of get him bound up on some firearms charges, uh, just to hold him there. But he now he's lawyered up. Uh, he's not saying a whole lot. Initially, Dylan's family, his grandmother and mom and dad, did talk to him while he was in jail. Uh, and he would be a little forthcoming. And now he'll say things like, you you have talked to my lawyer. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting. I do hope that's one that was like, it got so big so fast. And I feel like it fizzled. And no one yeah. talked about it anymore at all. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a 19-year-old kid that I think was around a lot of just bad dudes. I think he wanted to farm. I think he wanted to do his thing. He found himself in the company of a lot of uh, nefarious characters, and I think something pretty bad happened to him, but um, <clears throat> yet to be seen, but those were very interesting details, and I didn't know the phone was found in the bottom of the pond. I didn't know. No one knew that he called James after he called grandmother, so. Damn. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm curious, you know, like to see what happens next. I mean, I, I it's like I've always said that these guys seem like they're too fucking stupid not to talk, so. Yeah, but you know what? It would make sense if it was James because not only did he have a reputation of being kind of a bad guy, but he was more of the loner. Like he was gotcha. kind of doing his. So I could see him doing that. Like these other guys were all in cahoots all the time. It was like a pair of brothers and the other guy in town at the bar. If it was one of them, I think somebody would have spoken. I, who would have uh, thought that like when we did that case, you know, I think we did that case within the first 50 days of him missing. Like that the case. Oh, it was, be, like, it was really quickly. It was within two weeks, I think, of him missing. It was yeah. Early that's on. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it very early on, um, and that's right because news. then we did. Then we had the PI come on after, way, way late. God later, bless America. The next we week, we thought that that case would blow up like that. Gosh, man, crazy times. <sighs> well, it was an awesome show. I'm glad you. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you're able mm-hmm. to be here for us and save the day because uh, that would have been rough. I don't. So. I don't know where you're going, honey. That within three minutes your shirt was off. I don't. I'm concerned. For the sake uh, of our show. It's a safety mechanism. It's a, okay. it's a safety mechanism for me. It's, it's I feel you. I feel safer when I'm naked. <laughs> when I go to the when I when I take a shit, I often will get completely naked to take a shit. That's a whole Seinfeld episode. I know. And I'll let I myself know. date myself right now, but I know, yeah. George takes all of his clothes off. I'm just off. kidding. I've never taken all my clothes off to take a shit. I feel like that's I think you can't make a blanket statement there. I I mean, I've done it before I got in the shower, sure. But I usually play poker on the toilet. I usually like get in a quick poker tournament. Yes, Sarah <laughs> Kelch, a naked tansy is a, a happy, happy transy uh, all the time. I I enjoy, I do enjoy being naked constantly. It's a little bit weird when my kids walk out of the room and I'm scrambling eggs early in the morning butt naked. But, you know, it's something they've learned to get used to. They've learned to deal with it. We're... Uh, like Indians, the Indians they didn't wear clothes back then. So I'm just kidding. They did. I'm just kidding. A little bit. I don't um, think so. I think that was just your history book putting a little. A little the loincloths. Yeah, it's putting a little loincloth on there. Would you be naked if you were an Indian? Yes. Yes. That's a stupid. Would question. you? But would you want the when the apocalypse happens? When the apocalypse happens, I'm gonna be naked. Assuming you know it's coming. No, like after it happens, I survive <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? Like after I survive the the, the winter holocaust, uh, I'll just be naked all the time. They're like, you realize that we have clothes. Like we're not blasted all the way back into the Stone Age, Eric. But I'll be like, no, I'm good, man. Like, like it's just an EMP. Like we just have no electricity. 
I'm like, no, nah, I'm fucking naked, dude. Like, I'll be looting. I'll be looting the malls and doing all the things. I'll just be completely naked. Why not? That's fair. I'm here for that. That's fine. Yeah. Give I mean, a pass on that. It's the end times. Why wear clothes? It's stupid. How are you how are you surviving the nuclear winter? Like how did you get past that event? Uh the drainage ditch. I got up in the uh the drainage okay. ditch. It's real big. It wasn't full of water. And uh I'm I caught up in that. Okay. It's underground. You okay. know, stayed away from the I dammed it up so the nuclear water can't go through it. The nuclear rain that rained down on everybody. Oh Actually, I'll probably just go to my crawl space. Yeah, so the, I feel like that's got to be pretty safe down <laughs> Sounds there. Sounds a little easier. Yeah, I'll just go down to the crawl space, hang out down there for a little bit. Doesn't matter. I'm coming out naked. <laughs> naked with like a bow and arrow. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And, a, and an executioner hood. Okay, guys. That's Here's what. Here's what I need you to do this week. I want you to send me how you think Tansy would survive a nuclear winter. What would he do? Dude, lots of Where sex. Where would he go? Lots of sex. A brothel. Oh, but you found yourself in a situation. I won't get into details. Okay. Where something along those lines was not as ideal as maybe you thought it could be. What? Correct. What are you talking about? Oh, an orgy? You're talking about the time I went to an orgy accidentally? Okay, well, I don't know what I can say. Yeah, it was gross. Um, the orgy was gross. I didn't participate. I just no, I know you it. didn't participate. But I, I think the idea it. in your head would have been that it would have been a lot cooler than the reality of what you, you know, uh, were seeing. The first time my wife met me, I was only wearing a yellow thong and a cowboy hat. I'm aware of that. Yep, that's what I would. Um, but that's that might I mean, have been what you were wearing when I met you. I found. Do you know what I found? I was just looking at my phone. Um, can't imagine. Yesterday, maybe, and found uh, Grandfather Mountain pictures. Oh, I've got. I've had those for a long time. Well, pat them. I can post I, them. Uh, yes, just fine. only reason. Only reason I didn't post them was because they're with your your ex lover. Yeah. Which I think in one of those, is he like licking your, licking your nipple or you're licking his nipple or something nope, like that? Nope, that was the other two. Oh, somebody was licking somebody's nipple. They were behind us. Yes, thank ah, you gotcha, for that. Gotcha, thank you for all that. Gotcha. They were behind us and I was posing, smiling for a picture. Dead Like Media says the orgy was weird and the weirdest part was when his dad high-fived him at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I've talked about this before, but the picture on Grandfather Mountain that I no longer have, because I think that I either... I didn't have kids when we went there and I think I either deleted this before I had children knowing that I was going to have them and didn't want them to have to see a psychiatrist if they didn't have to, or maybe once the baby was born the first time was you tucking it in and doing manjana um, mm, on top on, of the mountain. The mountain. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing that. Yeah. And it's a full <laughs> you took a picture, picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a full picture. Your, your shorts were around your ankles and your shirt, yeah. all y'all had your shirts off. So your shirt was off shorts were around yeah. your ankles. Yeah. You and Manjana, right? But you were in the like the um the crevice between like two two peaks, and it was like right where it was like a tourist <laughs> stop where you like stand there yeah. to like overlook, and that's where you're yeah. standing. And it was oh. the most horrifying thing maybe I've ever seen. In my Damn, life. you don't have that picture anymore. 
I deleted it. I I knew that I didn't. My children could get nowhere near that ever in their life, mm. and be okay. I'm not okay, and I took it. Mm. That was fun. I I like climbed to the like highest point in Afghanistan. Not the highest mm-hmm. point, but the highest point that we could get to. We got up there and and I mooned the entire country on video. It's pretty funny. Uh, those were the days. Those were before I had kids. Now I keep all my clothes on, and I'm clearly mature. So. Well, that was a fun show, guys. Thanks for helping us save it. Thanks for being there in the chats. And for those of you who are just listening to Fetter Stop for the first time, give us another shot. Go back and listen to some of the older shows. I promise yeah. they are not all like this. Um, but this one, we just went a little bit YouTube crazy for our YouTube we fans, did. which means if you're not on YouTube, you should get on YouTube. And, uh, and you should Please join do. the shit show, as they say. Join the shit show. Uh, from Andrea Uplate and myself, Eric Tanzi, this has been another horrific episode of night shift until next time guns up good night y'all